Welcome back to another episode of Meredith with a Y. I am your host, Meredith Willits, and today we have Cody Rain from Beyond Sober. He is going to be talking about all of his amazing programs and the fact that he's a liver failure survivor and all of the things, so it's going to be good. Stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willits. Today, we are going to go deep changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. Okay, Cody, so thank you so much for being here. I don't know if you know this or not, but I myself have a Cody, but his name is not spelled the same as yours. But yes, my (laughs) oldest son is Cody, but thank you so much for being here today with us. I'm so excited to be here. I really appreciate the invitation. I am I'm well acquainted with your face. I've been stalking you on TikTok. I, I didn't know that you had so much magic going on. And I didn't know that I was one of those people that was getting your attention. So I'm so excited to be able to lend my experience, tell some stories, bring some insight, you know, kind of express some knowledge and help as many people as I possibly can. I'm so stoked to be here. And thanks again for, for the invitation. Of course. And you have your own podcast as well that you, um, that you do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So let's take everyone back. So this is not only going out over podcast land um, tomorrow, but it's going out live right now to LinkedIn and Facebook. I think you're um, streaming live right now on TikTok. Is that correct? I could. I haven't gotten it, it, it set up just yet. I could do oh, okay. That. <laughs> okay. Um, and you are an amazing presence on TikTok and your message is solid. It is clear. You've got programs. So if you could just kind of bring everyone up to speed, I know your story, but there's people out there that don't. So if you can just let them know what's up with you. Absolutely. What is going down, everyone? My name is Cody Rain. I'm recognized as an ex-alcoholic. People know me because I am a liver failure survivor. I'm also the creator of two of the most powerful sobriety and recovery programs on earth. 99% of the people that I work with have felt that they've been let down by other programs like AA, smart recovery, detox, rehab, counseling, therapy. And so I spend a majority of my time kind of filling in the gaps, focusing on who people are as an individual, instead of talking about their traumas or their, their circumstances that lead them to consume or practice toxic behavior. Um, My liver filled in 2017, and I haven't consumed since. The doctor said, dude, Cody, if you drink, you die. So I haven't consumed. (laughs) I died once already. Um, I went into cardiac arrest. I was throwing up blood, went into surgery, had ascites, four different hospitals. I was tortured for over 250 hours, and I literally begged for death while they were saving me. Took me about 18 months to recover. And because of that, um, because of how embarrassing all of that was and the amount of guilt and shame that I had, I never, ever, ever expected to tell anybody about my story, especially with my second opportunity at life. And then TikTok happened and I started to recognize a lot of alcoholic behavior, not people like getting drunk and blacking out, but kids pretending that they're alcoholics. And so um, I went viral after the don't make a face challenge on TikTok, where everyone was taking shots of tequila and trying not to make a face. But you don't know that when you do that, you're practicing hiding your alcoholic behavior. And I became one of the best at not making a face while drinking alcohol. 
And at the peak of my intake, I was drinking two bottles a day, roughly 30 shots of liquor. Um, and I was full, fully addicted. I, had, I was a high functioning alcoholic that needed alcohol to live. The second I stopped drinking was the second I started going into withdrawals. So I had to consistently keep a steady flow of alcohol in my veins. So I didn't go into cardiac arrest. Um, if I did, I, I, so I wouldn't go have a seizure. So all of the bad things wouldn't happen. Um, but yeah, so since I went viral on TikTok, I've been asked thousands upon thousands upon thousands of times, how do I quit? What do I do? My mom's dying and my eyes are yellow. I'm swollen. Is this too much alcohol? Am I an alcoholic? So because of that, um, I decided to, instead of work with each pe person individually, um, I'm a master program developer. So I said, let me put everything I know, everything I did, everything that worked for me into a masterclass. And let me teach you everything I know. Um, and to this day, we have about 1600 active members in the program, hundreds wow. of people who have graduated, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of supporters. And I've actually released my second program called Unlabeled Recovery, which is about removing your identity Ugh. of alcoholic, of addict, of your name, and just recovering as a human being. Because the truth is, is we're more similar than we are different. And if we use these labels, we're placing a limitation on our ability to live a life that we actually love. It's literally so huge. Um, I, so that, I don't even know, mine just kind of started. So um, I will be seven weeks sober um, this coming Wednesday. That's amazing. <laughs> it, no, it really truly is. I was laying in bed last night thinking about what we were going to talk about today. And I was thinking about like percentages, right? Like what's the percentage of my friends that are sober? Um, and I don't know if one person of all that I know, I think I know one person that is actually sober, um, mm. that is a friend. But then I started thinking, okay, 95% of my people around me drink more than um, probably four days a week, 90, 95, I would say. Right. Um, a large percentage of those people um, you could consider uh, get sloppy, right? Like just sloppy, you know, and I would say a hundred percent of them would not align with thinking they have a problem. Like maybe secretly <laughs> when they're kind of going to bed at night, they might be like, that was a little excessive or I might, I should, maybe I shouldn't do that. But it usually sur is surrounding not necessarily their health, but more, oh shit, what did I say to those people last night? Like, oh my right. God, I probably made a complete right. ass out of myself. Like, it's usually like a social squeeze, not mm -hmm. like a, I could possibly die from this. And I'm starting because I'm so far away from it now. Like, not that seven weeks is far away from it, but I really have, I'm not guzzling water. The first three weeks, I have to tell you, I was guzzling water like it was my job. I was yeah. chewing gum. I mean, I was white knuckling it at yeah. events and situations and be being around friends. And at five o'clock every night when I would normally have a glass of wine, I was white knuckling it. And no one told me to quit drinking. No one said, hey, you've got a problem, like zero issue, right? It was just like an internal calling. If I had to go back and say what it was, it was almost like, why are you doing this? There's no end game. You're not like going to a, to a concert. Like this is stupid. You're just drinking yep. gallons of like sugar, alcohol, booze. And it's stupid. Like there's, it was just stupid and you're not sleeping and you're poofy in the morning, blah, blah, blah. 
Right. So mine was more like that, like it was like a this is dumb, what are you doing moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um but I do see a huge issue, and I've been talking about it on my podcast here the last couple of weeks with 20-somethings mm. and um, putting themselves in grave danger by blacking out and ending up in situations. Um, I have a friend who's a physician. She said the 20-somethings are big time coming into her doctor's office. And by the time they have, like, you, I'm sure you can speak to this, issues that might be concerning because of their liver, right? Like the itchy right. skin or the pain in the side. Yep. She's like, your liver is 97% gone at that point. Like once you have a symptom, <laughs> you are screwed. It is over, you know? And so um, by the time she sees them, there's already a major problem. So I don't know if you want to speak to like your symptoms and what it looked and felt like and what wake and you're Absolutely. literally yellow. If you guys haven't seen his Instagram page, you have to. His videos are so like punch you in the face because he's yellow. <laughs> <laughs> I was, dude, it, when that happened to me, when I turned bright yellow, uh, the kids used to call me Minion. And it was my, my former fiance and her two stepchildren. They saved my life. They were there in the hospital. They were there when the doctor was like, dude, you. We just brought you back from cardiac arrest, bro. But you're you're dying. Your liver is failing. There's no guarantee you're going to make it the next four or five days here. Um, so yeah, yellow is a thing, and a majority of the people I don't want to say a majority, but a lot of people that reach out to me are starting to have some of those symptoms that are associated with long term consumption. So in my specific circumstance, I did 30 years of damage in 15 years. So if you look wow. at that average. We're looking at half the time. So binge drinking, getting drunk, blacking out on a regular basis, that is beyond alcoholic behavior. And one of the things to mention, and this is this is what most people don't talk about. And it is just it's not deep enough into the conversation where people would even think about it. The only difference between someone who has an addiction to alcohol and someone who's practicing alcoholic behavior is just the addiction. As a matter of fact, you're you're doing the exact same amount of damage that a full blown mm -hmm. alcoholic would. And okay. you can't even blame a medical condition like an addiction. You are literally in a state of control and choosing to damage your body. I understand wow. like as we're young, we're sitting here going like, oh, no, we party, we get we have fun, we go out, we do this. What we also don't understand is that when you're drunk, you are overdosing on a poison. It is not like, oh, alcohol, I had too much. You had too much what? Too much jet fuel. It's a carcinogen <laughs> that causes cancer. You can set people on fire with it. It inflates. Yeah. Dude, my insights turn black. It rots your body from the inside out over time. And we're conditioned to go, I'm 20, I'm 21. It's a rite of passage. Guess how much alcohol I can drink without dying? What? Just two more. Here's three more. Here's four more. So we consume too much of this and we get drunk, which is the act of overdosing on a literal drug. Alcohol is a drug. Yeah. Now, blacked out is overdosed. I've officially overdosed to the point where my consciousness has literally left me. It tried to keep me safe the whole time. It tried to tell me no. It tried to get me to drink water, but I wasn't listening. So it literally took the back seat and just let you run on with your life. It doesn't remember any of this information. It did what it possibly could 
with the tools that it had and we just took it too far. And then we go, what happened? Right. Well, now you're severely dehydrated. You haven't slept in days. You have like minimal food in your body. Okay. Your cortisol has spiked. You've just dropped your dopamine levels to far below zero. Here comes your anxiety. Welcome depression. Okay. You're a little swollen. What happened? Did you get hit in the face? Who knows? Maybe it's ascites. Maybe your organs are starting to swell. Are you itching now? That couldn't be your liver pushing out bilirubin into your system, trying to warn you that it's overworked, bro. Is it? We don't talk about this stuff because nope. all of that behavior is radically normalized. Yeah. It's nobody's sitting here trying to go like, hey, dude, you want to live a happy, healthy life? Don't drink poison. They're going, hey, man, do you want a, a, an actual uh, symptom relief? Drink two Modelo's. Have a shot of tequila. Make a margarita. This is what all. This is what we do. This is society. This is how we roll. My my dad did it. My mom did it. My friend did it. Name someone you know that doesn't do it. It's so just ingrained. It's yeah. also indoctrinated into pretty much everybody thinking that it's not what it is. And this is why on TikTok I look at uh, platforms, and I'm I'm. It's absolutely phenomenal to see it. Platforms that radicalize alcoholic behavior million followers, 2 million followers, 3 million people just cheering them on. But when someone that's going like, hey, what that person is encouraging you to do is going to kill you if you take it seriously, zero. <laughs> no one wants to hear the truth. But that's exactly yeah. why I continue doing the podcast. And I've released over 4,000 videos on TikTok. Um, so it's we keep showing up to, to well, help people in that space. Even so when I, I got um, diagnosed with breast cancer a few years ago, and even when I went into this, so the first person you see when you have breast cancer, oddly, is your surgeon, right? I, I thought I'd be like an oncologist or something, but that's not the way it works. And she's like, you're too fat. How much do you drink? And I'm like, I don't know. Like I drink. And um, she's like more than three drinks a night. And I'm just like, on average, yeah, hundred mm -hmm. percent. And we had just moved um, from uh, Florida Fort Lauderdale, two years. And then we, before that, we were in Ohio two years. So it's like booze on top of, you know, Ohio State booze on top of Florida booze, you know, beach booze. Now I'm in Chicago booze <laughs> and uh, suburbs booze, what, you know, 40 year old woman booze. And um, she's like, you, you need to quit drinking. Drinking causes breast cancer. That's it. And that's where it ended. Right. 100%. And so I was just like, yeah, but everything causes cancer. So kiss my ass. Like, I'm giving, like everything causes cancer. Like yeah. I, and so now looking, I had estrogen positive breast cancer. Mm. Alcohol causes your estrogen levels to rise. 100%. So I was literally spiking my estrogen levels for a decade to levels that they should not be at, at for extended period of times, day after day, year after year. Right. And that it, that the increased estrogen levels caused breast cancers. It wasn't like, hey, if you eat Cheetos, you'll get cancer. It was literally when you drink alcohol, your estrogen levels rise. You have estrogen positive breast cancer. Now you have breast cancer. Now we need to put you on drugs to bring your estrogen levels back down. Right. And yes, yeah, she she you know she punched me, but she didn't sucker punch my ass and say. Yeah you did this to yourself. There's a very good chance that you did this to yourself. I needed the map 
And mm. I was just given the kind of like, meh. Right. Don't right. eat Cheetos. I was given the don't eat Cheetos version. 100%. And I needed the map. And now that I see the map and I own the fact that there's a very, very good chance that I gave myself breast cancer and that there are millions of women out there that don't realize that there's a very good chance that they're guzzling their, you know, bottles of Pinot all summer long. They are also giving themselves breast cancer. Right. And they don't have the map. Like they need the map. Like I need a map. I need you to show me <laughs> how, like, don't just say Cheetos cause breast. I want the map. Right. Right. And, um, I love what you said right there when you talked about the fact that um, even if you're not an alcoholic, if you are drinking the same way an alcoholic would, you're still ruining your body. It, I mean, the it's exact same. That is like boom, right? Like this is like, where people go right. Alcoholics go to meetings, but I don't have an addiction. But I can drink. But I can stop. But I can. I don't, one of the greatest analogies that wow. I can imagine is I'm in the gym almost every single day, right? Today's a rest day for me because I rocked it yesterday. But when we pick up weights, okay, we get stronger. And so the same 45 pound weight when we first got into the gym, it doesn't get lighter. It stays 45 pounds. <laughs> but before it gets heavy, we have to lift it 10 times before we're like, oh, it's getting heavy. We're in the very beginning. You picked it up once, you're like, oh my God, what the 40? I'll never be able to lift this. That's the same reference to a tolerance. So someone with a low tolerance catches a buzz on that 45 pound weight. They pick it up, they're like, oh, I, I feel the buzz. Ugh, I just need one. Two, man, this is really heavy. I really have a buzz. Three, I don't know if I could, I, I can't lift this anymore or I can't have another drink. Our tolerance goes high and we're going, oh dude, I'm still lifting. I'm still causing damage. I'm still tearing. I'm still wow. putting in work. I'm still doing this. Oh, now I have a buzz at 10 reps. Now I have a buzz. Dude, you've still been repping 45 pounds. You've still been consuming the same amount of poison. You've been creating actual damage before you feel your preferred state of being. Yeah. The damage is the damage. And the reality with the high tolerance is why everyone I talk to, did I used to drink 30 shots, sometimes 45 shots a day. Wow. People drink 36 beers a day. Yeah. We have to practice consuming less alcohol for this for the sake of causing less damage. Dude, if you have a high tolerance or you believe you're good at drinking alcohol, that is alcohol trying to convince you that it's doing something good for you, that you're getting stronger and that it's healthier or that it is adding value to your life. That's alcohol making you think that. I could drink a lot. I'm good at drinking. <clears throat> That's not true. Your body has actually lost the physical capabilities to process alcohol efficiently. And it's preparing for an addiction. I, I just, I, for myself, am so, what I've learned, okay, is for me, and I think that for a lot of housewives, okay, I'm just going to go with housewives and I'm going to go with people that maybe are on dopamine highs from like social media. Okay. Mm -hmm. I am amazed that they don't talk about the fact that dopamine, um, that alcohol and cigarettes um, steal your joy mm -hmm. because you're, you can't get to that dopamine high when you consume alcohol, unless you're consuming alcohol or have a cigarette in your mouth because it's such an like, 
instantaneous, like, oh my God, this is going to be so much fun. Dopamine, glutamate, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, hey, this is what you've been waiting for all day. Everything else you've done with your kids, mundane. Everything right. else you've done Monday through Friday, mundane. You've been waiting for this. Right. And it steals your joy of your nine to five. It steals your joy of your Monday through Friday that you can't wait to get to that thing. And Let I didn't realize that by introducing a drug that creates this dopamine hit, mm. it's going to take away the dopamine hit of every other part of my life. And right. to me, it makes me so sad to think that for the past 33 years of my life, I have been living inside of um, a lie you know, mm. or a fog or a haze mm. that my life wasn't as happy as it was, except for when I was drinking. Like that was the good times, right? Those were the fun times. And I, and I find it funny that too, oh, my watch is going to talk to me. And I find it funny too, that you're saying that you're in the gym every day because, um, I definitely have replaced, um, drinking and, that with with working out as well over the past um almost seven weeks like it's a it's a, it's a need it's a need absolutely and i'll tell you this um the dopamine that what's funny is that most people live for the weekend they they the way their life is set up <laughs> is i'm at work and i've got kids and i'm doing these things and i drink it, with the vacation between responsibilities mm -hmm. so after work kids went to sleep whatever it is the interesting part is alcohol literally lowers your physical and mental health. This is what a dependency is. This is what a codependency is. It's frying the nerve endings in your brain, making it harder to transmit information, which also means harder to feel feelings. And then it's shrinking your brain, your frontal lobe. Your, it, your brain is literally getting smaller. It is destroying the white matter and the gray matter in your brain. Over time, this is what brain fog is. This is why people go like, I don't like being sober. Sober is toxic. To sober feels drunk. Sober feels weird. Weird. I can't find happy. When does the happy happen? Dude, happiness is a practice. It's a literal skill set. You're not, you got to keep in mind, you were happy. And then what happened? <laughs> what part of your life shifted to where you're like, no, it's not happy and I need to chase it. Alcohol is the illusion of happiness. It's yeah. the illusion of peace. And we don't just want peace of mind, which is why most people drink. I've got a thousand thoughts, a thousand emotions, a thousand responsibilities. I don't like this anxiety. I don't like this feeling. I need to escape. We become this like beautiful escape artist, but we chase the dopamine hit going, okay, if I could just get here, all of the pain is worth it. Every, all the stresses of the week, all the stresses of my family, all the stresses of my imagination are worth it because there is a light at the end of this dark tunnel that I call life. The trippy part of that is that's not real light. That is not real peace. That is not real truth. That is an alternate reality that's pulling you further away from what needs your attention. You deserve to be happy and healthy, and abundant, and peaceful all the time, even when you're at work, even when you have the family, even when you're stressed out. 
happy people get stressed out too. We all have dips in our emotions. We have, we have low days, but a low day happy is better than your greatest day faded because it's yeah. real, because it's true. And so over time, we basically drop our dopamine levels so low so that low. it takes weeks to recover from this dark night of the soul. And you're sitting here just going, I hate me. I hate you. I hate everything. I hate food. I don't like sleeping. I don't like being awake either. I don't like my thoughts. I don't like not thinking because that's scary. And then we have to really rebuild ourselves and start reactivating circuits that have been literally suppressed. So you mentioned that you're seven weeks in. First off, that's absolutely phenomenal. Second off, did you know you and I are the exact same amount of sober? You can't get more sober than sober. It just you is. It, you're either 100% sober or you're 100% not. So I haven't consumed in six years. The difference between you and I is I've spent six years recovering, six years fixing the dopamine, six years going and walking and thinking and feeling and eating and meditation and all of the things that's based in recovery. So I am simply more recovered than you are just because I put more energy into healing. And that's what recovery is. So going to the gym, releasing the dopamine, spiking your oxytocin, which is the really feel good feeling, right? Letting the serotonin flow, all of these things, releasing the hope molecules from the proteins in your body, which is an antidepressant and uh, anti-anxiety molecule you start to become resilient to the reasons that used to make you want to drink. Those depressive thoughts, those intrusive thoughts, those unwanted emotions. You're building a machine that you love to operate in, a mind that you love to think with, and an energy that you enjoy basking in. That's what the glow is. And in time yeah. we go, dang, man, I don't, I don't regret getting sober, but I do regret not getting sober sooner. 100%. That that is so on point. And for so so let me pick your brain on this cuz this is kind of like I don't know anything about this except for being in it, right? Mm -hmm. Um when I uh have been on this journey, at first it was like I said, like I had to have that water bottle with me at all times. I did start doing um 75 hard, which is like you're working out twice a day meditating. I meditate instead of doing the reading the book thing. I meditate 30 minutes a day and follow a diet. So some sort of a diet, right? So I'm doing that. It also is a great way to tell people you're not drinking without having to get into the whole rigmarole. I'm just like, it's part of a program on drinking 75 hard yada. So right, weight right. loss thing, right? Um, but for me, my journey looks like this. Healing a little bit, healing a little bit, getting rid of things that told me that I was worthless, mm. friends or whatever, right? Finding something in my life that gave me purpose and could be creative inside of, then the alcohol started falling away a lot. When that creativity, when I got a creative outlet, the alcohol, I did it, there was no... Um, call to alcohol to make something out of nothing. Mm. I already had something, so I didn't need to create it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it started to be like, I don't need this anymore. And now I'm starting to see that like alcohol, because when I get like super stressed or super upset now, I still feel that call 
like to just go have a drink, like just go have a drink, like just, just go check out. Like you can just go have a drink and like, this will all disappear, but you know, it's not mm -hmm. right. going to make things 10 times worse. Right. Um, but I, but I, I find that if we can help people to find themselves again, I, I've, I've said here a couple of weeks now, I'm laughing like I was 15 again. Yeah. Like the person that I like, I laugh and I'm having joy in life that I haven't had since the first time I took a drink. It's that 15 yeah. year old like joy that you crack up laughing over, you know, the, that's what she said joke. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like a knucklehead again. Right. Yeah. And it's, I'm just finding it fascinating. It, I feel like alcohol we believe is this key that helps us like enter the world where our parents voice in our head doesn't exist or society's voice or the voice of whatever, just kind of like we think we can get away from. But if we just heal that voice, mm -hmm. if we recognize we don't have to listen to that voice while we're sober, if we find our own lives, we don't need to escape anything. I, I thought of this yesterday. I, I, I actually did a TikTok on it. Like if you could never drink again, Right. If you if you said to yourself, I'm never going to drink or smoke or do drugs or Xanax or sleeping pills or all the things. Right. If I never did that again. How much shit in your life would you have to change? Mm. How many healthy boundaries would you have to put up with your family? How much, co you know, relationship crap would you have to go through with your spouse or partner or quit your job or move locations like like you said, it's the shit and then we're escaping the shit mm -hmm. by way of alcohol. So mm -hmm. how about we just fix the shit so we don't yep. have to escape it? Exactly. 100%. This, this ridiculous Band-Aid on it that then kills us. But this Relax. actually goes back to something I've talked about is that our body, our soul, like, you know, like, so I do chilling and all that stuff. Like, like, Same. Yeah. And mm -hmm what they've shown me is that our bodies will find a way to exit if we right. don't follow our spiritual reason for being here. And that could be through a car accident, through cancer, through alcoholism, whatever. And it, it really makes a lot of sense that if you're not going to step into your purpose, that yes, you will drink yourself to death. Like, yeah, like this, you need to find your purpose in this life and it's not in bad relationships. It's not in unhealthy family experiences. It's not in jobs that don't appreciate you that you then have to go check out and drink. Like it all, it's all making sense as we're sitting here talking about it. And it's way yeah. easier than I think that we make it. 100%. And so to simplify what you were just referring to, and one <laughs> of the things that I'd love for you to um, jump further into practice um, is ending the search. You're not searching because everything that you're looking for is on its way to you. And it comes in this space. You don't have a purpose. You are your purpose. There is no greater purpose than to discover who you actually are, what you're actually capable of, what your super strengths are, and put energy into allowing yourself to flourish. And it doesn't, you, yeah, you could go join pickleball. You can pick up a puzzle. You can do all these things and, and go like, maybe I'm into this. Maybe is it this over here? Is it this person? I'll try this. Maybe this is the movie. 
you're not going to unlock a purpose inside something. And your purpose is definitely, definitely not at the bottom of a bottle. You may have what you may feel as an epiphany, and it may be some type of guiding force in your psyche to help you make a decision, but it's not in the poison. It's not in the pain. Your purpose is you to become someone capable of living the life you have, not just existing within what you call life. Because the trip with this is, girl, you don't have a life. What are you talking about? You are life. Excuse me. <clears throat> you are life. Without yeah. you, life doesn't exist. Life can't be, can't be experienced without you. I can't trade you. You can't give me your life and I'll give you mine. I can't give it back to you in six months. You <laughs> are life. <laughs> right. If that was the case, cool. Let me. I'll get you all set up in six months. We'll trade back, right? <laughs> You just make sure you take care of your machine when you get it back, all right? And don't don't damage mine, all right? right. But it's, it's absolutely true. And when it comes down to uh, the way we perceive things and the way we've been kind of conditioned to view ourselves in our life, so many of us view life as life is happening to me. The world is happening to me. A majority yeah. of what this experience is, is outside of me. That's untrue because I live the same life that every other person has. And I could be sitting in the middle of my living room and cry tears of joy because I, sh for no reason, for just stretching, no one's around. It's just me, dude. And I am living the peak of my existence and no one gets to see it but me. Mm -hmm. Happier, healthier, stronger, more abundant, more successful than I've ever been. And it's just me sitting at home chilling, literally on an alternate universe all because I've designed a life that doesn't stress me out, man. I'm not around people that are yelling at me or talking down to me or belittling me or bullying me. I'm not surrounded by people that don't want to see me win. I'm constantly connecting with amazing people like yourself that are going, let's grow, bro. This yeah. We're all going to the top and let's take each other. Like, why don't we all want to do this? And so energetically, not just through like removing the toxicity in my life, but I meditate for 45 minutes a day. Even before this, I meditated on this conversation. And I'm going, all right, let's align myself. Let's get all of my energy centers in perfect, you know, sequential order, right? We're going to move throughout the day like this. I know what I want to think. I know what I want to feel. I know the type of person I am and how I would like to act. I know what to expect. I know what to create. All the awesomeness that's in my life is my fault, dude. I did that. I did that. And I get to operate from that energetic state of knowing that everything I want is right for me to have. I could have it all. I could want whatever. I could get rid of anything. I can allow anything. I can disregard anything. I can create whatever I want. And just knowing that as a truth makes it easier to operate because I don't need a substance or a person or a place or a thing or an opportunity to remind me that. I am literally infinite and capable of everything. My dopamine is flowing all the time. And on my lowest low, it's still better than most people's highest high. I'm not yeah. special, dude. I just practice happiness. That's it. Well, actually, my first podcast ever is called Happiness Cannot Be Found Outside of Yourself. There you go. You are the happiness that you're experiencing. You can't, you can't, can't go get it someplace. 100%. Even love. I can't. If I say, Meredith, I love you. You're amazing. And you start to glow 
and you're like, oh my God, does he, does he really love me? It's like, Girl, you did that for you because I can't hand you my love. You can't touch it. So you're experiencing the love and that little visceral response of the love that is you. Everything that you experience is you, even the bad stuff. And, and we like to go, no, 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 I'm not supposed to feel the bad stuff. I'm not supposed to be uncomfortable. I'm not supposed to be depressed. I'm not supposed to be angry. You're wrong, bro. That is the scale of the human emotion. Every single one of those things are designed to guide us to make a decision towards less of what we don't prefer and more of what we do. But if we continue using an actual toxin to ignore what's rightfully ours, that sadness is a gift, girl. To ignore that sadness and just disconnect from the realities of life, then we're not even giving ourselves an opportunity to live life in, in the way that it was intended to. Do you think that that's an inherent problem is the belief, you know, the faster, stronger, cheaper, always be happy, never want to feel bad. I mean, what do you think that that per perpetuates alcoholism or checking out is like, I can't feel bad. I don't know how to feel bad. I'm not supposed to feel bad. Stop, your, right. you know, stop your crying. Like, yep. I, I just put a video out yesterday. I'm like, mm -hmm. dude, you could cry at a Kleenex commercial and then go wrestle a bull. <laughs> what? <laughs> You can just go like tear up from the butterfly that just flew by, dude, and look at the, the light off the, the branches over there and build a house. Dude, you in the same day, no way, bro. You were actually able to experience the range of your emotions. And dude, that's incredible. That is absolutely phenomenal. But yes, toxic positivity. There's a lot of it on social media. Just be happy. Just you, just, uh, just, dude, shut the front door. First off, it's not like that. Second off, you don't know what you're talking about. You must feel bad. And here's the reality. If the only thing we ever felt was good, we would do nothing. <laughs> like, really think about this. If you were happy doing nothing, what else would you do? Right, you just sit there. You would chill. Nothing would happen. You would get, why get off the couch if you're a peak of your existence? If you're at the peak, just going like, dude, this is the best day of my life. Goodness gracious. Ouch. I don't even care if I'm hungry. I'm, it's just, I'm totally satisfied. You would literally die. You would die. You would not do the necessary things. We must be uncomfortable. We, certain things are more painful than others. Trust me, I'm a child of, Years of trauma, bad enough to where I don't even remember my childhood. Mm. The majority of the feelings and emotions and experiences I had are written about in books and you see them in movies. Most of them I won't even talk about because some people won't even believe that things like that happen. True. But the point of that is in that time before I understood the range of emotions and the human existence and purpose and all that. I just became a victim to my circumstances. That's why do you think alcohol became my best friend? Yeah, it became my escape. Well, this is life, bro. Your life sucks. You suck. So just drink about it. You're right. I'll just drink about it. Well, I don't feel like I'm in pain. And this kind of goes back to uh, part of the conversation being 20 years old with symptoms from alcohol. You got a pain? Just drink through it. You got emotion? Just drink through it. Just drink about it, dude. It's fine. You got, is something hurting you? I'm not supposed to be in pain. 
numb it out. All that does is make everything worse. It compacts all of the literal emotional and physical responses we need to live a healthy life. I can't even tell you how many people reach out to me and go, what does it mean when your right side starts to hurt? What about your lower back, your left side? Is it this? Is it that? Am I supposed to be throwing up blood? Should I call a doctor? Dude, all of these ailments and all of these extreme conditions happen because we are taught that we're not supposed to feel bad. It is not true, dude. I just like, as you're sitting there talking, my brain is just like flying all over the room. Like, God, if we just embrace the totality of the human experience and got and in, in, in stepping into that, that removes so much shame of, you know, like, don't cry. Like, I'll give you something to cry about, or, you know, you're okay. Like this, this whole, like this whole thing of like, you know, those, those, those things that the parents tell kids. And then, you know, we're like, yeah, I need to just pull it together. Well, how do I pull it together? Oop, shot of tequila, shot of vodka, whatever. I got it. I got this insecure feeling before going into the social setting. And I think a lot of the 20 somethings issue is like being, feeling awkward. Like it's not okay to feel awkward. If you have a couple drinks and you're going to walk into this social setting and everything, you'll be okay then. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like feeling awkward is normal. Like people, you know, I'm 50 and I still feel awkward sometimes walking into a social <laughs> setting, work yeah. through that awkwardness. Like it'll go, it'll dissipate, you know, the count of 30, you don't right. need to drink. You know what I mean? Like, and even when you do drink and then you wake up at 50, you haven't fixed the problem and now you're still insecure at 50. You know what I mean? Like right. if we can kind of learn to be uncomfortable you know, I think that that's a huge piece of this. My, I was talking to we, my husband and I went to a restaurant yesterday for brunch and I got a, um, you know, non-alcoholic, um, like this coffee drink and I'm starting to see, I'm outside of Chicago. I'm starting to see more and more restaurants having these non-alcoholic, um, drinks that are not just Coke, Diet Coke, Sprite, coffee, right, tea. Right. They're like actual, and it's not like I want a Mai Tai with no booze in it. It's like an actual, um, really yeah. cool drinks. And I asked the bartender, and by the way, it was still $17. You I'm want like, the full experience, right? <laughs> right. They're like, oh, and P.S., we're going to charge you for that. Exactly. Um, but I asked the bartender, I said, are you starting to see more people order drinks without alcohol and he's like huge it's 100%. huge on the rise and i do feel that um people are starting to want to make this change especially post covid i think we literally drowned ourselves um it during covid with booze like we'd wake up and drink all day we'd drink as soon as the work day was done with our last zoom appointment we'd start drinking like we drank a lot during covid and i think people are like i want to leave that and um, I think people are becoming more sober, curious or sober. I think that the rise of um, marijuana use is decreasing maybe the use of alcohol. Mm. I don't know where you're at as far as that. I'm sober, sober. I'm, you know, like I, I don't, I don't do, I barely even take ibuprofen. I'm like yeah. straight edge. I just don't prefer putting like too much foreign stuff in my body. Yeah. And like, I'm starting to see that we might be on like the cusp of something. Um, I've been out twice with larger groups of people, all women. 
the first experience I talked about last week where I wasn't drinking. And then after I ordered an, an iced tea, no one ordered any alcohol after that. Then recently I was in a group of five women. Three of the five women did not order drinks after their first ones mm. because I, and I wasn't drink. I felt like, I felt like it was kind of a safe excuse for them to not drink. I'm not patting yeah. myself on the black. I just, and I wasn't the only one that noticed it. I there was another woman that, yeah. yeah, there was another woman that was like, you gave them an excuse to like, not. Yeah. 100%. And I found that really fascinating. Um, if a person that's listening or watching right now is sober curious, like what do you offer? What would you advise? What are the next steps um, that they can take to kind of continue their information getting or their journey or whatever? Yeah, that's amazing. So sober curious, there's so many people that are sober curious. And the reason for that is first off the pandemic, once, it, as you mentioned, they all started drinking. There's 76 million people right now struggling with sobriety, as in they wish they could just stop. They, yeah. or, or they, they're starting to actively develop some type of addiction. The, here's the trip. I'm not here to get anyone to stop drinking. Drink, do you, do you, boo boo? What do you want to drink? Drink. I, I don't care about your drinking. I care about who you are. I care about how you feel when you drink, because the way you drink is a reflection of your mental and physical health. Happy, healthy people. Meredith, you know this. You were the healthiest person at the table. You drank alcohol the exact same way a healthy person would. You drank none at all. That's a reflection of your progress, not just sobriety, not just you saying no. That's what healthy people do. They look at a circumstance that. and go, you know what? Is, is alcohol actually going to add value to my life? Is it going, am I, am I willing to go through four days of anxiety and a little bit of depression for this brunch? Is this in, in experience really worth jeopardizing my physical and mental health for the next few days? If the answer is yes, dude, drink. Like whatever, what, if, if it's actually a tool you're using to improve your quality of life or you don't mind this, the following circumstances, then dude, you're a healthy person making a healthy decision using alcohol in a healthy way. It's conscious. You're aware. That's amazing. Okay. So here's the thing. Here's the reality. If someone is sober curious, you've got to know this. Alcohol holds zero health benefits. Zero. zero. I know you want to talk about wine. I know you think it's just a glass. I know you think it's just fermented fruit. Alcohol is alcohol. Most of the women that have breast cancer that's alcohol induced or is associated with alcohol consumption drink wine that no, it doesn't matter if it's a beer, it doesn't matter if it's a cocktail, it doesn't matter if it's a shot. Alcohol is alcohol. It doesn't matter how it was created. There's zero health benefits to doing that. The greatest attribute to look forward to is a massive boost in your health. So one of the first steps to living a healthy life is to stop destroying it. <laughs> we look at that as going, I'm getting sober. And most of us, and what you were describing earlier, is you lived 30 years below zero. You are just getting to zero, which is yeah. a, a, amazing things happen at zero, at like nothing, at flat line. You're, but here's the coolest part. If you've been living below zero for so long, or someone right now is listening who's been drinking a long time, the gap 
where the distance between below zero and actual zero feels like you've won something. It feels like you've actually gained a whole new life. And that's just the beginning. That's just the sobriety part. That's just letting the poison run its course. It takes four days for alcohol to process entirely. That's why your doctor said, how much do you drink and how often, right? Because the majority of the symptoms she was about to talk to you about are probably associated with the amount of alcohol you consume. And this is why I keep telling people, dude, if you go to the doctors in four days and you still have those problems, then they could properly diagnose you. But if you drink alcohol and then go to the doctors, they're probably going to make you wait until there's nothing in your system because they're just going to put a Band-Aid on it. On that note is... Once again, just letting the alcohol process out of your body four days, getting to zero point, you have an entire range of emotions and senses and abilities that continue raising and raising and raising and raising till you reach your highest vibrational capacity, a life of love and abundance and peace and enlightenment and joy. You don't have to practice happiness because you are a happy person. Happy people don't put themselves in emotional, physical, or energetic circumstances that would make them consider dropping below zero. We've got the regimens, we've got the lifestyle, we've got the drive, we've got the interest, the curiosity, and the support to live a life far beyond our greatest day drinking and actually be able to experience it and remember it. It's amazing. So the only thing that you can expect is a life worth loving. It's so good. And it's, you know, I don't want to be that person that like quit smoking and then everyone that smokes still is an asshole. You know, (laughs) I don't want to be that person, but it really is hard. And that's why I think I'm spending so much time on expressing the, 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 what I'm feeling kind of each week. Um, Like yesterday when we were at brunch, my husband and myself, he had two Bloody Marys. I had two non-alcoholic drinks. I came home and did a 30-minute workout in the basement. He took a nap. 100%. Yeah. You see the reflection there? You see the difference? And I was like, <laughs> "It right. And he's like, I'm going home to take a nap. And I'm like, I'm, well, I'm going to go home and work out. Yep. And I, as I, and, and I'm being, I'm being super present. Like I'm super present because I want to be able to articulate this to people right. as I'm going through it, because I think that it really does help people realize like all the times that I would day drink and then I'm irritable, you yep. know, short tempered with the kids. Like, let's just order Uber eats. Like I just have nothing left to give. I'm going to crash on the couch for, you know, even at 45 minutes, like I was just losing time. Right. And now I feel like there's like not a time that I get to go do fun things and experience life. And like you said, work out and try, you know, new fruits or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. And so, yeah, it might come off as annoying because people don't want you to mess with their booze. That's one thing I am learning is people don't want you to mess with their booze. This and is the, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. It, just going back to you being at the table um, and you not drinking, giving people permission to hold off, okay? I can't even stress to you how powerful that is. We first off underestimate our power as an individual. We think that we don't offer anything to the world. We think we can't impact it. I never thought that I'd have over, I don't know, 700,000 followers across my platforms, been on hundreds of podcasts. I'm an international best-selling author, dude. I got two programs. 
I, we don't stop. We don't stop. Right. That's 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 amazing. And I say that to go. I was dead once. I literally died from alcohol, lost my house, car, job, money, friends, everything that I worked for my entire life gone. I was even a felon when I was in the hospital. I had an ankle bracelet on like oh alcohol God. ruined my life, dude. Right. Granted, it was an act of survival and I created the addiction. But my point with this is I was just at a bar with millionaires, $250,000 boats. Right. I was just at this uh, event on Saturday um, doing photography and videography. I'm going to cut up some content for a band. This millionaire is drunk. He's got a bottle of Jameson in his boat. His wife drunk, stumbling off the boat. The whole restaurant, everybody's drinking. And the trippiest thing with this is I'm standing there, literally the most fit person in this room. And I'm just chilling with my camera. People think I'm a security guard because of my stature. And I'm just like, I'm just here to take pictures. But I'm also wearing a shirt that says Beyond Sober on it. And so every single time somebody that was drinking saw my shirt, they put their head down every single time. Yep. Because here's the reality. And I just put a video out about this. People that drink don't like hanging out with sober people because it is a swift reminder that they are practicing unhealthy behavior. Yep. Including myself, I secretly wished that I could just exist without having to destroy myself, even when it was just casual. And so as a front, I created this narrative that sober people are boring. I created this facade that I'm better than you because I could drink alcohol and you can't or you won't or you're not as cool as me. And when we start taking accountability for ourselves and put the energy into becoming the change that we want to see in the world, becoming the person that we wish would have shown up when we were at our lowest, that's what personal growth is. We give social permission to other people to take a step back for once. You become the leader simply yeah. because you are expressing your own love towards yourself. You love you in ways that you were not capable of loving yourself prior. You thought in the beginning that having a good time and creating happiness and the artificial joy was a reflection of how happy you were. But our misconception is we think that pleasure means happiness. That's not true. That's not true at all. And so we seek pleasure through alcohol, through joy, and go, look how much happiness is in my life. And that's unfortunately not true. And now that you've decided to actually become a happier, healthier person, your entire energetic force is affecting people in such a powerful way that they're going, Meredith is who we look up to. Meredith is leading the way. We're not all imbibing the same personality of alcohol. There's at least one of us that is leading the way out. And you once again have given an entire group of women the permission to love themselves with one drink less. That's amazing. One drink less. One drink less. Well, that's very generous. And here's hoping, you know, like I think that too, the more that we are comfortable being our broken, amazing human selves with all of the all that is humanity. And, and we just step inside of that and be like, okay, I'm going to be awkward. I'm going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. And I don't need to check out of that. And neither do you right. invite people into that space of let's all be awkward together. 
let's Never all said. be let's all be present together, you know, and, and I'm going to give you that invitation and I'm going to hold space for that. And let's just, let's try it together. And I think that's so cool. What, before we close out here, what do you have going on? You've got some classes. People can go visit that on your website. What's your website and your social handles? Yeah. I'll put in the show notes too. <laughs> so I have numerous solutions um, over the years, over the past six years, so many, I, thousands. I, I receive hundreds of messages on TikTok. My website's blown up every single week. So I'm constantly responding. And because of all that, I've created numerous solutions. So people don't need to work with me one-on-one. Although I do offer that if someone's in that position, they're going, hey, I don't just need to get sober, but I want to start actively recovering. Um, I do offer that. Um, the other thing I offer is something called the single shot method. And this works for anybody that's struggling with drinking beer, liquor, wine, it doesn't matter. Single shot method is a specific method of drain in the form of harm reduction, but I've designed it from a neurological perspective. So it's actually helping you consume alcohol in a different way with intent, with love, with purpose. So instead of drinking your average five glasses of wine a day or your 10 drinks a day, you're able to pull one away from that and practice drinking that till that becomes your new average. This method is specifically so powerful that people who were drinking 30 shots a day uh, as of recently are now down to four. Wow. These are people who have a full addiction and have been able to break that and are now in a safer space to where the doctor would go, hey, how much alcohol do you drink? Only four? Amazing. That means they have developed a healthier relationship with alcohol, which is my whole purpose. The best relationship you could have is no relationship at all with alcohol. But if you still want to consume, I want to help you do that in a healthy way. That's on the website. There's the unlabeled recovery program, which is I mentioned in the beginning. It is about removing the label of alcoholic, wino, wine mom, whatever it is that you have placed or feel has been placed on you that is actively limiting your ability to grow or expand or to feel or even take one step towards who you actually want to be or who you believe you actually are. That's the unlabeled recovery program. And then there's the official Beyond Sober Masterclass, which is recognized in Canada. It's an official online digital recovery resource that is recognized in Bakersfield in the court systems. They're actively attempting to get it into prisons. I'll soon be teaching it in schools. Um, yes. I'll be doing public speaking for the specific masterclass. Thousands of people are active in that program and we're all working together. Hundreds of people are alumni and they've graduated and they've designed a life far beyond sobriety. And that is once again, the Beyond Sober Masterclass and everybody is welcome there. My website is called SoberNotSober.com. So I'm sober. This is what it means. There's a point in your life when you become so sober that you can't even identify as sober anymore because you don't drink. So I am one of those people who is a completely different human being. And this version of me has never even consumed alcohol. So for me to say that I'm sober is to insert someone who is active in their sobriety. Right. So SoberNotSober.com and all of my resources are right there for everybody. And if you're on TikTok or Facebook or Instagram, my uh, TikTok handle or all of my handles is Cody, K-O-H-D-I dot Rain, R-A-Y-N-E, Cody Rain, or you could Google me. I'm, I'm every hit you're going to find. <laughs> Well, thank you so very much for being here today and sharing your story and giving everyone all of these amazing takeaways because 
I think that being present, soberly present Mm -hmm. is the greatest gift that you can give not only yourself, but the world around you. And I really don't believe, at least where I'm sitting, that you can get to the life that you might have in your imagination of kind of like where you want to be, right? By being not present, by being at the bottom of the bottle. And I believe that if you can get there sooner than later, um, good for you, you know, and if, if it's by way of your program, I am all here for that. So thank you so much for, you know, maybe we, we pushed a couple of people into more curiosity and, um, heading over to your website, but I really appreciate you being here. And I love seeing your face come up on TikTok, even when it is yellow, <laughs> old photos. It's so me. jarring. <laughs> it's scary, dude. It is so scary. It me out. Well, and you know what, if, if you guys are bored and you, you want to know what it, just put, you know, a uh, liver failure in yeah. the search bar of TikTok, <laughs> you will be blown away at the amount of young people and 30 somethings and 40 somethings that have liver failure. Like this millennials is not right now urban. are the greatest are, are the biggest group of people who are struggling with that. Um, yeah. Something real quick, not too much. Um, you, you've mentioned being present. And this is one of the most powerful things for anybody. And to simplify the difference between toxic mindfulness, toxic present, and actually being present, most of us, and we talked about this in the beginning, is ignore your emotions, this, that, and the other. Toxic mindfulness is using a substance to ignore all of the things that are trying to get your attention. Actual mindfulness is giving all of your attention to exactly what you want to pay attention to, how good Mm -hmm. you feel, how well you're doing, where you're going, what's working for you, how unstoppable you are. When you start training your brain to focus more often on what's actually real, actually true, or actually become a truth, your brain's naturally going to deprioritize all those things that you're using alcohol to ignore. It takes time. It takes practice. But that's why we have recovery programs. And that's why Meredith is here. And that's why we do what we do, boo-boo. I love it so much. Thank you so much, Cody. I appreciate it. Everyone go check him out on his website. And I will see you here next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillits.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y. For behind-the-scenes footage and outtakes, Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers.